With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, it's kind of an emergency scoop session here with our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. You guys had a presence out at Lambeau Field and in the locker room and at the press conferences yesterday, Dukes. Usually we would have you in on a Tuesday and then a Thursday. With the trade deadline tomorrow and the Kirk Cousins injury yesterday, we figured let's let's do some switching around here. So welcome into the show. What was your reaction watching the Vikings claw their way back to 500, but then Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles tendon, um, creating sort of a mixed vibe here on this Monday? Devastating, right? I mean, he's been an Iron Man. He literally never gets hurt as durable a quarterback since he took his first snap many, many years ago in Washington. From that moment until yesterday, like outside of a COVID-positive test, he just doesn't miss games. Now to suffer this injury, I think back to the Netflix series, right? Reading to his son about what an injury can do to derail a season. Now it has happened. I like the man. I really do. Maybe it's the Netflix series, right? I've come around big time mm-hmm. on Kirk the person. So I just feel horrible in a contract year for this to happen. The way he was rolling. Phil, we talked about this last week. I was more confident than ever after watching the first three quarters yesterday. This Vikings team with Kirk, better than last year's 13-win team. Oh, yeah. Agreed. This team legitimately had a chance. Now, if you want to say Philadelphia, fine, or Dallas, or even San Francisco with their three-game losing streak. But to me, the NFC 
very wide open. Like this team, because of the way the defense has been playing, I really felt like had a chance to make at least some sort of run in January, win at least one playoff game, maybe go on a roll. I get it. Detroit's schedule incredibly favorable. So maybe they were staring at a six or a seven seed. Thus would have had to win at like Detroit, San Francisco, and either Philly or Dallas just to win the NFC. So I'm not suggesting they were going to win the NFC, but I thought, hey, they can win at least one playoff game. Now, whoever the starting quarterback is moving forward, I'm sorry. Even if they make a trade, bring in some outsider, right? Like, they're not going to be even in the same, to me, stratosphere as they could have been with Kirk Cousins. So, just feel horrible for him, many of his teammates who I've gotten to know, at least on a pretty good professional level, how devastated they must be. I'll be in the locker room later this afternoon to take more of a temperature check, but... Yeah, I just I feel horrible for a lot of people. So, Dukes, what do the um, what do the the gremlins, the sources, the spies tell tell you this morning about the potential route? And at, at least I would guess that they have begun, if they were going to, to reach out to um, to options uh, outside the organization. Well, and others are reaching out to them, right? Like agents. You think about Ryan Grigson's phone, Quasi Adolfo Mensa's phone, blowing up yesterday afternoon into the night. Many of these free agent options, the Joe Flacco's of the world, right? Joe Flacco wants to play, right? There's an obvious job opening here now. So, you know, it's a two-way street, sure. I'm sure the Vikings are making some calls, sending some text messages. But it's also with the street free agents, those agents reaching out to the Vikings. I just wonder, I don't have any inside information right this second on this, but the fact that Colt McCoy, A, has history, with Kevin O'Connell, that he was in town for a look-see a couple weeks ago. I just wonder if they go like that route or somebody like that as opposed to a trade for someone like Ryan Tannehill, something like that. And Ryan still is battling that high ankle sprain. Like making a move for a Tannehill type, even a Jameis Winston type, Like I think that would surprise me. I think bringing in a street-free agent makes a bit more sense. Bottom line, I fully anticipate Jaron Hall starting on Sunday in Atlanta. You know, so, so much of this depends on what do they really want, right? I mean, I think it just it would be interesting to see Jaron Hall play for a few games and just see what he looks like. If they really want to just hit the throttle and keep winning games, right? I don't know that you have time to allow him. I mean, he it would have to be a really impressive feat for him. I know we've seen it with Brock Purdy, but that's that is the exception when it comes to guys drafted fifth, th- uh, sixth, and seventh rounds, right? Flacco does nothing for me, but we you know we we did a list of like twelve guys today on Purple Daily. Matt Ryan played in this system and won an MVP six years ago. He wants to play. He's in the broadcast booth right now. Well, he called one of the Vikings games a few weeks ago, right? So he, called he the has first seen the, the year, Vikings up close. Yeah. So, you know, there are guys like that. If you, if they really feel like, hey, listen, man, Jaron, Jaron Hall would be fun, to, to, but we're, we're a serious team right now. I don't know that a serious team rolls with a rookie fifth-round pick and and really no safety net behind him unless you think that Nick Mullins um, is going to come in and win you a bunch of games. I just I wonder where their head's at here in the next 24 hours and all the other decisions, Doogie. They're probably getting a bunch of calls today and tomorrow on Daniil Hunter, right? They absolutely are. I mean, they already have. Now, you know, until I hear otherwise, I see Daniil here 
on Wednesday. Like, I don't think they make a move, even in this moment of, you know, now looking like the season is about to go completely, you know, sideways. The season has been derailed. I still think Daniil is here on Wednesday. I will tell you on Nick Mullins, like the word behind the scenes when they re-signed him, just everything you hear is they have a very, very favorable opinion of him. Like they like Nick Mullins more than I think a lot of people realize. Now the question is tricky injury, back injury, enough of a back injury that caused them to put him on IR. So to miss four games, he is eligible to come back for the New Orleans game on November 12th. My understanding is in the moment, this is not like a big time injury, but like the back, that's a very easy injury to re-injure, right? But I guess it is possible that, okay, you start Jaron on Sunday against Atlanta, then you have Nick Mullins from that moment moving forward, but you bring in some sort of street-free agent, let it play out for a couple weeks, a Colt McCoy, a Matt Ryan, somebody like that, and see through the next few weeks if that street-free agent makes sense to play starting, whether it's November 12th or thereafter, maybe the game in Denver. But I'm just telling you, like right now, as we sit here at 10.15 a.m. Central on Monday morning, making a trade, even for an Andy Dalton, I guess that would, right now, that would surprise me. Not shock me, but it would surprise me. And I, I think part of this, too, that um, has to be kept in mind is Jaron Hall almost has to start Sunday. Like, you're not going to make a trade or sign a guy off the street and say, here's the playbook, Sporto. We're playing the Falcons on Sunday. So I don't think they have a choice there. I mean, Jaron well, Hall is... Yeah, Jaron's starting yeah, Sunday, right? He knows, like, he I'll knows be shocked if Jaron doesn't start on yeah. Sunday. Um, but to your point, Dukes, and something that's important to keep in mind is Nick Mullins was obtained from the Raiders in training camp a year ago because Mannion and Mond had looked so terrible. And so when, when we're talking about, well, just trade a late-round draft pick for a backup, one... Teams are going to try to uh, to get you now because you're desperate. So, like, if you go to, to them and say, give us Dalton, they're going to be like, yeah, we sure will. And here's here's yeah. our asking price. But the other thing, too, is Nick Mullins, for better or for worse, and I, I know he's been a backup here, so he's forgotten about a lot, but he sort of qualifies as that guy. Like, they went out and got him because they liked him. I think it was a conditional, I think it was a seventh-round pick. And so, like, Nick Mullins is sort of the guy that we're talking about. Uh so I, the more I think about this, I think it's going to be Hall on Sunday. And if Mullins, if, if Hall fails miserably against the Falcons, there's a very good chance that if he is set to return Dukes, that it's going to be Mullins against the Saints the following week. Yeah, we're I would not page. be shocked by yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, now, hey, if Jaron plays well, we just saw Will Levis well, dominate the Falcons. Now Grady Jarrett torn ACL. So perhaps the Falcons' best defensive player won't be playing on Sunday. So it's entirely possible that Jaron, with a week of preparation, plays at least okay, maybe even better than okay on Sunday, that you then would say, okay, November 12th against New Orleans, coming off a semi to good game from Jaron, that Jaron would be the guy November 12th. But I just, I don't think they go like all in on some sort of trade. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. I agree with you. I think like some of the options out there, Andy Dalton, he's important to what they're doing in Carolina, developing Bryce Young. He's under contract. They're not just going to trade him for a sixth round pick. Well, you know, let me let me piggyback on that. So I did chat with Mike Tannenbaum, the former Jets and Dolphins executive, now a talking head and analyst 
at ESPN, but he certainly has his fingerprints all across the league. In fact, former agent as well. In fact, he worked at Priority Sports as an agent with Kirk Cousins' agent, Mike McCartney. So he knows Mike. Mike Tannenbaum knows Mike McCartney, Kirk's agent, very well. So Mike Tannenbaum told me early this morning what he would do. He actually thinks there's a stronger likelihood now that Kirk re-signs with the Vikings. He would re-sign Kirk, all right, and go sign a street for agent. He mentioned Colt McCoy. So that was yeah. that was his thinking that you don't make a big move. But he also said what you just said that Andy Dalton isn't being had for a sixth or a seventh. Right. That Carolina, even though Bryce is playing, that there is importance behind the scenes, and we all get it. Carolina is okay. rock bottom. Although congratulations to them on finally winning a game yesterday. But Carolina's rock bottom. But there is an importance behind the scenes in that quarterback room. Andy Dalton with Bryce Young. So just in the moment of this morning, Mike Tannenbaum, who knows infinitely more than I do, just doesn't think Carolina moves him, especially for, you know, a low day three draft pick. Yeah. Do you think Kyler Murray should be a conversation inside the walls at the Vikings? Well, I mean, I think everybody needs to be a conversation, but do I think Kyler Murray is getting traded here in the next 36 hours? No, I don't, or whatever it is at this point, 32 hours, 34 hours, whatever it is. I, I don't, or 29, or whatever it is. I don't think Kyler Murray is getting traded here by 3 o'clock Central Tuesday afternoon. Now, maybe that's a more realistic conversation to have come March, right? But, I mean, I guess yeah. you kick around everything, right? I mean, you at least kick around the idea, even though he didn't look great as he finished up his Tampa career, but don't you at least kick around the idea of making sure that Tom Brady says no? Like, I'm positive he'll say no, but you he's gotta on be, Tom you rejected, podcast get rejected recently. Tom Brady. Right, yeah. but reach out. don't you at least, like, make the phone call, make the inquiry to Tom's representation, just to make sure, okay, is he 100% retired? So I think you're kicking around all these ideas. I think that's what they're doing, literally, like right now in Egan. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So where does this put things, too? Because, so let, let's just say, for the sake of the conversation, that they don't make a move. And I really, you know what, if they don't, I can't blame them. Again, this isn't like a starting pitcher has gone down and you're like, okay, we're going to trade a couple of prospects for a new starter, and bang, that guy's starting a target field on Tuesday. This is a quarterback who has to know your system and the intricacies, and is he familiar with what O'Connell does, which is an extension extension of what McVay and Shanahan do. Lots of unknowns here. So let's say that uh, Jaron Hall starts against the Falcons, which I think we all agree will happen. And then it's Hall or Mullins going forward. What is the expectation? And, and more importantly, do this as someone who is in the locker room a lot, because on a PD today, we talked about the fact that I don't think you can go in that room on Wednesday and say, Hey, we just traded Hunter and we traded Hicks and we're sorry. We cut you all off at the knees and yes, you're four and four, but with Kirk out, um, because culturally, I think that would be a form of of just complete sabotage and betrayal. But if this whole thing sticks status quo and they go with 
the quarterbacks. What's your feeling about the locker room buy-in to that? Well, I mean, realistically speaking, Judd, they have to be thinking, oh, bleep. Like, oh, sure. We can't make any sort of significant run at this point. Now, on the record, they will be very supportive of Jaron. We all know how favorable a schedule the Vikings have moving forward. Do I still think there's a pathway to even like nine wins, but certainly eight wins, like to be in that mix for that seven seed? Like you look at some of these teams that will be competing for the seven seed, New Orleans, yeah. Atlanta, Tampa, the Rams, the Commanders. I mean, certainly not the Packers, not the Bears. I don't think the Giants, but the Vikings as well. Like if we're saying, okay, Dallas, Seattle, right? Or San Francisco, depending on who wins the NFC West, depending on who wins the NFC East. But if we're saying, okay, the four division winners, let's just say New Orleans, right? So New Orleans, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Detroit. So then you're saying Dallas, Seattle are seeds five and six. So then you've got Tampa, Atlanta, the Rams, the Vikings, right? Like who is the seven seed? Like, so the seven seed is still absolutely sitting there for the taking, even with Jaron and or Nick Mullins. But realistically, yeah, I mean, the chances of them now winning a playoff game, seven seed Vikings at two seed Detroit or two seed San Francisco in mid-January, first weekend of, of playoff mm-hmm. action. Like, no, like you're just you're not winning that game on the road. Right. I just I have a hard time seeing that. I really do. Dude, so I want to go going by- to say everything right. But deep down, they have to feel like our season is now bleeped. I want to go back to something you mentioned. You talked to a former league executive general manager, Mike Tannenbaum, who's on ESPN's Get Up Now, and he's part of that sort of fun house in the mornings. And you mentioned that he thinks this might act just because of the uncertain nature of the injury. The Vikings are familiar with Cousins. His price tag is not going to be the same as it was, obviously, before this happened, that this might actually lead to him re-signing with the Vikings for a year or two. And by the way, he Um, said he would do that. Like, now, easier said than done, depending on the exact dollar figures, but Tannenbaum was all about, this absolutely should be the move the Vikings make. You re-sign Kirk Cousins. You draft a quarterback in April, 2024 draft, but you also re-sign Kirk on a two-year deal. Yeah, what what do you think that that two-year deal looks like? Oof. Is there any pre- – I'm trying to think of if there's a Is there a precedent? A precedent? Yeah, for, I – Like Rodgers had the deal before the Achilles, so you can't use that one. I'm trying to think of an aging quarterback that suffered an injury, and it's like, okay, we, we don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. He's a free agent. Let's bring him back in-house. It's you bonuses, know, it, right? There must be some Incentives? sort of example. Gosh, darn Phil. I mean, it's a good question. I, should, I sprung it on you here. Yeah, I'm sorry, there's but. nobody that immediately hits me, but I guarantee there has to be some sort of example of that. But if we were talking yeah. pre Achilles, 35 to 40 ish million, right? I mean, like the base has to be like cut 10, 15 in half at least, right? Then yeah. bonuses. Yeah, Judd. I mean, you can lay all that stuff yeah. out, but. Like, you can't be committing 30-ish million dollars guaranteed to a guy coming back from a torn Achilles. And then he would have to know, hey, we want you back in the house, but based on your age and this injury and our future, we're going to draft maybe in the first round your replacement. You're going to have to be sort of comfortable living in that house as you recover from, you know, it's a very, and he might decide, you know what, if you're going to move on and not commit fully to me and my rehab, then I'm going to move on. Like that's where that. I mean, it is possible really it could delicate. go that route, but I also would hope that Kirk is realistic 
coming off a torn Achilles as he turns 36 in the next year or so, that you just have to be realistic. Like if you were Quasey, why wouldn't you draft J.J. McCarthy or somebody else in the first round, the Michigan quarterback or Drake May, the North Carolina quarterback? Like there needs to be some sort of very definitive succession plan with all due respect to Jaron Hall, something that is clear cut, right? So I would hope that Kirk could wrap his arms around that idea, but you're right. It's entirely possible that he does not, that he enjoys, you know, seeing what's out there on the open market come early March. Why would you re-sign Cousins if you're going to draft a first-round QB, though? Well, because you don't want to thrust that guy that there is something to be said about that guy waiting a little bit. I'm not no. He he was a starter here for too long. No, I'm I'm either bringing him back to try and start again, or I am going to like like at the end of the day, this is a business. I'm not bringing him back and sticking him in a locker room where I clearly is popular, and then putting that that uh, shadow over a first round QB. Uh, I would bring in a veteran to help, but yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm either re-signing Kirk to a two year contract with the intention he's going to start. Or I'm drafting a QB, which, by the way, I would do. And I'm saying, Kirk, thank you very much. That's it. Well, I mean, I can see them doing both, though, Judd. And are you suggesting then the shadow would be too much for this first-round rookie quarterback? Because if it is, then is he the right guy to begin with? Like, if he's going to curl up in the fetal position thinking it's an uncomfortable locker room position to be in, then he's not my guy anyway. Yeah, but Kirk's going to expect to start. Like, he was the starter here. If Kirk Kirk could do this elsewhere, perhaps, but I have a hard time believing that you're going to bring him back into this room okay. and say, but develop this guy. I mean, that's never been you're, But you, he's a, you're, you That's guys fair. Are in and you're no, right. He's never you, been that you, guy. Yeah. You, you guys are hung up on the first-round draft pick. Let me paint a different scenario. Because I think, like, mm-hmm. if you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round, it, it does change it. Let's say Jaron Hall plays pretty well. Pretty well. Not like blow your socks off, you know, Different. run the table Brock Purdy last year where it's like, huh, there's a little something here. Not enough to where we would like turn the whole franchise over to him, but he can play a little bit yep. and we'd like to keep exploring this scenario. Isn't that a more likely grounds for Kirk Cousins coming back also? And now it's kind of like, you know, equal footing here. Hey, we're going to, it's kind of a competition. If you come back, we like Jaron Hall. If you're gonna if you're gonna you know if you're gonna draft Drake May, I don't think you're I don't think Kirk wants to be in that room. I'm with you guys, but if it's like Jared Hall played pretty well, you know, or you draft another quarterback in the you know second or fourth round or something, that to me is more likely for Kirk to come back as kind of a bridge competition guy. I mean, that's here's what we know: like the Achilles is not a death sentence. Maybe it was two decades ago, you know. But any number of examples, whether it's Kevin Durant on the basketball court. Heck, Aaron Rodgers yesterday before Jets-Giants on the field throwing, and I get it, it's not like Aaron Rodgers is playing in a game anytime real soon, but the fact that he's, what, a month plus removed from surgery, yet he's out there able to walk without crutches, throw the ball around. Like, it is possible Kirk undergoes surgery here in the next, what, 7 to 14-ish days and would be ready to go by mid to late August heading into opening day next year. If Jaron Hall plays well, or if they play poorly and they draft a new quarterback and they re-sign Kirk Cousins, that would make zero sense. It wouldn't make any sense for this organization to do. Like, not not a lick of sense. Why why okay. would they do that? I and they may not. Out. I'm just telling you what Tannenbaum... No, no, I, I understood your situation, tossed out. Phil, but, I agree. I mean, yeah. at this point, like, my opinion, 
you draft a quarterback in the first round, J.J. Mm-hmm. McCarthy or Drake May. McCarthy just might be more realistic considering the relationship Quasey has with Jim Harbaugh. You know, heck, Quasey was at the game a couple weeks ago at Huntington Bank Stadium scouting in person J.J. McCarthy, right? That he's more in that 10 to 20 mix, not the top three mix. Now it could all change based on, you know, pre-draft workouts, hype, all that. J.J. McCarthy might win the Heisman Trophy for all we know, or at least be in that mix, and his draft stock goes way up. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going first-round quarterback, then I get it. I understand. Mm -hmm. You don't re-sign Kirk Cousins, even if it's at a very discounted rate, because... The perception would be if Kirk is coming back, he's ready to go by September of 24, that he's your starting quarterback. When would you go then to your first round pick? You're not drafting a guy to have him sit for multiple years. Yeah. Uh, Boys, before we get to some more scoopage here, a shout out to our friends at Park Tavern, the official neighborhood sports bar of the Sports Dad. And Sports Dad actually was there uh, getting a couple of uh, of Surleys and dinner on Friday. You know why? Because wow. Park Tavern treats me right every time. The service is outstanding. The place is just absolutely a sports emporium, which is why Sports Dad loves it. St. Louis Park off of Louisiana, Louisiana Avenue South. Now, here's the thing about Park Tavern, too. They can accommodate your groups, and I'm talking big groups. I'm talking groups that want to watch the game alumni groups let's say you got 60 80 people guess what park tavern's going to find a place for you they're going to get all of the games on saturdays and sundays are just a sports buffet as well as a great food uh and it's this simple go to parktavern.net and there's actually a reservations uh tab on the home page so you can reserve your spot there parktavern.net or give uh, cheryl and company a call 952-929-6810 And in the coming weeks, I'm going to be able to tell you about Park Tavern's gift cards, which are legendary, which people love. So stay tuned because those are right around the corner. Wow, Judd teasing the gift cards for this holiday. (laughs) They're very excited. They they told me that they actually have a, when those things go on sale each year, a line out the door. Oh, let's do it. And people are just buying gift card after gift card. You know what? Great gifts. Great stocking stuffers. Yes. Amen. Uh, Also, uh, a shout-out to our friends at Summit Orthopedics. So, especially on a day like today where the entire conversation is about uh, an injury, if you're dealing with any type of pain right now, ankles, feet, knees, wrists, whatever it may be, no referrals are needed at Summit Orthopedics, and they offer same-day appointments. If you're really hurting, they also offer walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week starting at 8 a.m., 25 locations across the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. You can learn more at Summit Ortho. Dot com. That's summitortho.com. Okay. Reckless speculation. Any other Vikings thoughts from you, Dukes, here before we get into uh, the red-hot Timberwolves who won a game over the weekend and some other things? Well, I mean, I think even with the Kirk injury, well, in fact, actually, I just got a text message from somebody that the Vikings are still kicking around, you know, heck, multiple scenarios, but that includes bringing in a street-free agent. So... Just from somebody that has direct involvement, absolutely, the Vikings are still, it's actually more text messaging with the Vikings and with me, but that the Vikings haven't ruled out that possibility. They've been telling some people, hey, we're still exploring many different options. So yeah, whether it's Matt Ryan, Colt McCoy, Tom Brady, Brady. yeah. Andrew Luck? Andrew Luck. (laughs) I make make him tell me no, too. What about Sam Bradford? You're 142 pounds now. So apparently Sam Sam Bradford, Bradford, 35 years old. Lives in the wilderness somewhere and has no communication with. I thought that was Jake his... Plummer. 
Well, I was going to say that's Jake Plummer might, too. Dude, dude, Sam Bradford, apparently, I'm not saying he's like a caveman. I'm saying he told a bunch of his former teammates, hey, it was great playing with you. Probably the last time you're going to see me. He like, he's like not a big public appearance guy. Okay, Once so he's like on a permanent darkness retreat? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. I hope he's found happiness. Credit to him for, for completely unplugging. But I guess my other point in the Vikings would be, if there's an opportunity to bring in, let's say, a cornerback or a defensive lineman, if the price isn't absurd, that this is a player that they would have control of beyond this year, so it could also help them in 2024. Like, I'm not ruling out a possibility like that. Like, it's not all about, okay, let's figure out the quarterback. So just point is, just imagine how hectic the next oh 30-ish God. hours are for Quasi Adolfo Mensa, that entire front office. I, th- I think if the Vikings uh, had won and Kirk hadn't got hurt, uh, that we would be talking this morning about a possibility of a trade with the Washington Commanders. That Are you talking for Montez Sweat? Are you talking for one I'm of the talk- pending free agent defensive linemen or I'm Jonathan talking, Allen? I'm, talk- I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking a wide ranging conversation about guys on defense that could potentially help them, including a guy like Sweat. Well, I'll um, give you another one too. A cornerback, yep. Fuller. Like he absolutely. Yeah. Now, is he a pending free agent? I can't even keep track of the Fuller up. brothers. Is it Kendall Fuller? That's with the Washington Commanders. That sounds right. Yeah, and he might be the a pending Washington, free agent. But the Washington sure, if they had just yeah. One with Kirk, maybe they would have been a little bit more open-minded to, okay, even if this cornerback is a pending free agent, let's bring in some help. We're on a roll, wins in four of our last five, three in a row. Hey, that's fine if we're bringing in a pending free agent for a day three draft pick. This guy can really help us. So, yes, I hear you on that. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's empty the bag here. Uh, Timberwolves, I'm going to give these guys on Flagrant Howl some early season observations here, but... Boy, Nas Reed continues to get better. Rudy Gobert, to me, eye test, looks much more springy than he did a year ago at this time. So they, they play tonight against Atlanta. Some good things, though, in that second game against uh, the Heat without Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, you asked me on Thursday, coming off the debacle in Toronto Wednesday night, if I was pushing any sort of panic button. I said no. One mm-hmm. game, I mean, the Wolves haven't shot that poorly in years, but that wasn't going to happen again. Not that they shot incredibly better on Saturday against Miami, but they did shoot it better. The defense is still top 10. We just wonder if the offense can transition to being a top 10 unit, right? If you're going to make a deep run in the West, finish top four, in all likelihood, you need both a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense. We feel confident about them being once again a top 10 defense. We still wonder about them being a top 10 offense. You're right about Nas, though. I mean, if you look at the numbers through the two games, Nas on the court versus Nas off the court, Holy cow. I mean, it is significant. Then you think about the two-man dynamic, Nas with the aforementioned Rudy Gobert. There's pretty rock-solid synergy there. We still wonder about Cat with Gobert, but Gobert with Nas Reed. Watching Nas play the four, chase around guys on the perimeter. He looks pretty darn confident in that role. Glenn Taylor, by the way, when I spoke with Glenn, which seems like a million years ago, but just last Monday, one week ago today, Glenn made it very clear that Nas made it very clear through his representation, but also him himself, that, hey, I don't want to test free agency going back to the summer. Like, you guys took a chance on me. I really, really like it here. Let's just make the money work. Three years, $42 million. So Nas, like, never thought about hitting the open market. He really, really, really wanted to be here. Where does Nas fall in, in the, at least potentially, 
uh, because his career is still young. But w- where does he fall in the Timberwolves' greatest finds? Because I, I mean, right up uh, there. Mm-hmm. For as bad as draft, not like it's a long as, list, but yeah, as Culver was though by by Gerson Rosas, and and I know that Gerson got clowned on his way out out of town, but I keep going back to some of the moves that that guy made, and you know what, David Kahn was a clown. He was an absolute gong show, but Gerson Rosas, aside from the Culver pick, which was not his intention, um, my God, he made some incredibly savvy moves and what the second round pick of Jaden McDaniels, Declan's guy and signing Nas Reed as a free agent might be two of just the most um, uh, crafty, savvy moves, especially when, when you think about how long this franchise like basically dismissed second round picks, they were selling them. Mikhail didn't give a damn about them. So Gerson Rosas, I, I think deserves a lot more credit for, shaping this team than he probably gets because of the circumstance of how he left. Amen. I mean, I don't know if anybody really questioned Gerson's basketball acumen, right? It was, no. you know, championing this, this family atmosphere when it was anything but that right internally. But in terms of just basketball knowledge, basketball moves, I mean, even yeah. selecting Anthony Edwards when it wasn't like an yeah. absolute, like there was legitimate discussion. Do you go ball? Do you go Wiseman? Or do you go Anthony Edwards? Now, Ryan Saunders had something to do with that as well. There was a collective effort, some sort of collaboration, but not nearly as much collaboration as Gerson liked to suggest. But it doesn't matter. He was the final say guy. He made that decision. Yeah, Jaden late first round, but still mid to late 20s, securing Jaden, then securing the services of Nas after the draft when he had multiple options, but the Wolves sold him on a vision convinced him to take their offer, not the offer of others? Yes, no doubt about it. And even on the miscalculation, right, in the first round in 2019, hey, look at Darius Garland. Like, he's a cusp all-star. Like, he is he is a really, really, really good player. So Gerson nailed the evaluation of Darius Garland, mm-hmm. just made the misstep of not realizing that Cleveland would actually select him at pick five. So then. He's not there at pick six, so then the Wolves go Jarrett Culver. Yes, missed on that one, but just, hey, look at Nas Reed as their first-round pick that year. But, yeah, the work he yeah. did post-draft 2019, then the work he did COVID year 2020 yeah. draft. Imagine how much more complicated things were with the COVID situation to draft Anthony Edwards and to draft Jaden McDaniels. Yes. Now, he missed on... The European player. Who was the other player they landed in the first round? They sent him to Utah in the Gobert uh, trade. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hold on. Yeah, go to the uh, Google. I don't Bal- have my Bal-Maro? phone, Andy. Yeah. Uh, Bolmaro. Yeah. Yes. Leandro Bolmaro. Yeah. Right? Mr. Basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mr. So, you know, maybe a little bit of a, a misdiagnosis on, on his ceiling, yeah. his potential. But to nail Ant, to nail Jaden, yep. to nail Nas, yes. Credit to Gerson. And, hey. You know, I mean, you know, families got ripped apart, but Gerson and the woman that was at the center of everything here from the PR department, they are now married. So what? Yeah, they're married. Oh, you didn't know that? that. that. They're married. Yeah. So we talked about this. I thought. Oh. Yeah, so they're married. This is the first time I've heard that, Declan. I don't know. I didn't know. Well, we had alluded to a few weeks ago that they were together, but yeah, now 
Yeah, they. I knew they were still together. I didn't know that yeah. they were yeah. married. Well, good for so, them. So I mean, That's you know, love, right? And yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that two families were torn apart, but these are two people that found love, and so they are now married. So you know what? Doogie. Happy for Gerson. He's living in New York. He's moved up the ladder in the Knicks organization. But like his basketball acumen, rock solid. Payments. Mm-hmm. It's like to see those alimony payments. David Lindhagen. He is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. David Lindhagen. You're David Lindhagen. You're David Lindhagen. Oh, my God. Dude, you em- my friend? Empty the scoops bag for us here before we got to we got to get rocking here. So give us like one more minute of scoops if you have it. Sure. I was at Gophers basketball media day on Friday. Now, the optics of losing by 25 to 30 points at Colorado State two Saturdays ago in that secret scrimmage do not look good. But on the record, off camera, many Gophers made it very clear to me. Yes, we lost. But hey. We were not playing to win. Every guy played. We were exploring different they lineups. They were pitching to the scoreboard. That's what was happening. But I yes. get it. Like, the pressure is absolutely on Ben Johnson. You talk about Colorado State. Like, it's entirely possible Nico Medved, the head coach at Colorado State, may very well, this time next year, be the head coach of the Gophers. Right? Like, yeah. if you're thinking about this could be Ben Johnson's last year if they don't make a significant step forward. Now, for Ben's sake, I hope they do. Right, I mean, I've made it known. I've known Ben for a long, long time. I am rooting for him. It's my alma mater. I feel like, hey, like I can be a little bit biased in that regard. But I'm also realistic about the situation. Now, I will say they are finally healthy, right? Isaiah Enan, Parker Fox, you know, injuries derailed the last couple of years. Right this second, the Gophers are very healthy heading into their opener, which is one week from today. They scrimmage or... I guess an exhibition against McAllister on Thursday night at the barn, but their official season opener one week from today, right? That's November 6th. So yeah, one week from today. So there's a decent amount of optimism like there is, you know, with every program this time of the year. But I just wanted to make it clear that on Mike, off camera on Friday, a lot of guys told me do not overanalyze that we lost by 25-ish points at Colorado State. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. There he is, Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Channel 5 Sports Department. I also got a note from our photojournalist. Well, maybe it wasn't from our photojournalist. But anyway, P.J. Fleck at his news conference this morning, let it be known that he had a conversation with Kirk Cousins last night. Then also Kirk spoke to the Michigan State football team on Friday before the game on Saturday. Wow. Wow. Kirk tried, Kirk tried to rile up that garbage Michigan State football team. Um, mm. Small scoop here. So. Mm-hmm. As Dukes reported last week, the Saints and Vikings did have representation at Huntington Bank Stadium on Saturday. I'm here to confirm because I sat right right by them. The Saints guy left uh, with about seven minutes left in the third quarter. The Vikings Seesaw people enough. packed up. The, the Vikings two scouts packed up shortly thereafter, and I followed them out the door yeah. before the fourth <laughs> quarter began. So our row was empty. Hello. We were on the same page. There was very little talent on that field at Huntington Bank Stadium. Oh, awesome. I texted Dukes. I said the Saints guy just like, all right, you guys, see you later. Bye. Oh, gosh. You know what? I can't blame them one bit. Oh, you know, I mean, oh. hey, the Gophers are winning games. But it is boring, boring football. It really is. It's not an enjoyable watch. Now, Jordan Newman, that's a fun story. Phil's but, paying good money to be hey, there. Yeah. It just isn't an enjoy. <laughs> it's just not an enjoying product to consume. Oh. It's just not. It's not fun football. 
Right, and, and you maybe know what, maybe it's we're skewed vibe. because oh, we watch the NFL on a regular basis. Yeah, no, no, it's fun in the club because hey. Phil's in the club. All good. Be good to be in the and club. Hey, you know Straight this. Even if it's going to be a four to five touchdown loss to Michigan in the Big Ten championship game or Ohio State, go win the West. As bad as it is, go win the Big Ten West. Right, win every game the rest of the way outside of the Ohio State game. Beat Illinois. You know, Bucky. Fleck has struggled against Bielema the last few years, but find a way to beat lowly Illinois on Saturday. Go finish Let's this go. thing strong. Go win the Big Ten West. By the way, was it Frank Acevedo, Vikings scout, that was one of the Vikings representatives there on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, Frankie was there. Yeah, good. All right. And then uh, when you do face Michigan in the Big Ten championship game, we'll see how they do without knowing our signs. <laughs> good, luck. good luck. All right, dudes. All right, boys. We'll Jaden McDaniels, whether back tonight, he was upgraded to questionable. I mean, he's on the cusp, whether it's tonight. Or Wednesday against Denver. Also, Matt Boldy expected back for the Wild at some point this week. Home games, what, Saturday? And actually more uh, recently. Thursday, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, Saturday. So anyway, Matt Boldy expected back this week. All right. There is your uh, emergency scoop session here. Darren Doogie Wolfson will do it again on Thursday. And plenty of fallout on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, Apple and Spotify Purple Daily uh, from yesterday's Kirk Cousins injury and win over the Packers. We'll see you guys. Okay, see you, boys.